So, hey, what's going on? It's beer today, beer tomorrow. Back at it, and uh, we got uh, Mike, official BTBT goon, co-host again. How you doing, Mike? Hey, hey, doing good, doing good. And uh, we actually have a very special guest here today with us. Uh, sir, please introduce yourself. Hey, it's uh, Shane Montero. I, uh, the owner and buyer at Carmine Street Beers. Um, my family's been running it for like about almost five years now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, been awesome. doing a half bottle shop, half bar for a little while. It's been nice. So when did your family first get the idea of doing a bottle shop? So my dad's actually been renting this exact spot since like the mid-90s. Uh, before, it was like a print shop back when there was a lot of um, like publishing houses and things on uh, Hudson and um, Barrick and stuff like that. Um, used to really, it used to work out well. Not a lot of people had internet or like well like printers and things like that in their offices so they'd come down here get some prints done and then uh you know that business slowly faded off and died a little bit and um in 2013 we opened carmine street beers as a bottle shop awesome and then um not a couple years after that you guys expanded and you added the uh you you made it a place where people can come and hang out and drink yep yeah, um, one of the problems we had when we had a bottle shop is we had 14 taps and we do growlers all the time, but like at the time the New York State law wouldn't allow us to sample people on any of the beer, so um, you know it's hard to have someone commit to like 64 ounces of a beer they never had, especially if they can't try it. That's right? Crazy, uh, yeah. So um, you know, in the interim, we just kind of started kicking around the idea of like, hey, what if we did do that? But if we started serving and like doing the whole nine. You know, we started looking into it and like little baby steps here and there kind of poking and prodding it. And then February of last year, we finally finished all the renovations, ran through all the bureaucratic checks, and we opened our taproom half. Congratulations. That's Thank you. a great story. Wow. Yeah. So what was, the, what was the most challenging aspect of just getting that all together? Yeah. Uh, I guess a lot of the challenge um, was from the fact that at that point, we'd been running a bottle shop for like three and a half years and jumping into a bar meant that we had to keep the bottle shop open and at the same time figure out how to like reimagine the space to fit a bar with tables chairs run through all the bureaucratic checks make sure we're in we're okay with like department buildings landmark you know everybody yeah uh that was a huge challenge a big uh, massive undertaking new york state could be a pain with that yeah the state the city Running through all those hoops was definitely some of the hardest stuff we had to do, especially because we were open and we were already like, people were still coming to us buying beer when we were doing construction. Wow. <laughs> it was a difficult time. I can imagine. Yeah. So now, how many how many taps do you guys have now? And then at any given moment, how many cans and bottles do you guys have? So right now we have um, 14 taps, which we dedicate to, you know, hard to find beer. Um, some, uh, some of the taps do growlers. When the breweries let us, um, as far as the stock goes, we have about 550 uh, different beers uh, that rotate in and out uh, every given week, really. Um, we try to focus a lot of our stuff on local craft, a lot of IPAs, a lot of, you know, like interesting stouts, sours, barley wines, you know, try to run the whole spectrum, make everyone that comes in here, you know, happy to, that they did. <laughs> oh, oh, Wow. So now is something like what we're drinking now, this this Hudson Valley passion food, is that is that uh, available for takeaway in a growler or is that one of those that no, are not? Yeah. The, Hudson, uh, the guys at Hudson Valley don't really want their beers and growlers to my understanding. Um, 
And I get why their crowler system up there is actually just gorgeous. It's probably the best way to take away beer like that's like this, where it's like you want to taste every little bit of subtlety in there. Right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I totally understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And, yeah. A lot of the uh, um, you notice that a lot of like the big guys that are like very buzzworthy. They don't like uh, they don't they don't they're not down with the crowler uh, the growler takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and. To another note, I mean, they're so close. It's just, yeah. be, it's easy to go up there, kind of come down, try all their beer. They're available at a ton of different awesome beer spots all around the city. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not terribly hard to find if you're looking for it, for sure. So now you mentioned barley wines, and I'm, I'm a big barley wine fan. What, what are some of the uh, barley wines you guys have right now, or at least one of the ones that you're really enjoying? Ooh, um... Well, it's almost May, so I have to tell you, I haven't had a barley wine in about a month or so. Um, one of the most interesting ones I got on my shelf, though, is uh, I got a Siren Maiden from 2015. Really? Uh, that's a, uh, one of Siren's like big claims to fame is like their original beer was a barley wine. And so every year for their anniversary, they release another Siren vintage. And every year they try to do different blends and different, you know, Different barrels, different things. Um, I believe the one I have now is like 50% regular barley wine from 2015, and then blended with I want to say at least eight to ten different kinds of liquor barrels wow. in various proportions. Oh my god, that sounds yeah. amazing! It's <laughs> <laughs> probably one of the most intense barley wines I've ever had. Definitely one of the most interesting ones I've ever gotten to carry. Wow, that's really cool. That that, that is very very cool. Oh yeah. So now, what role do you think that that you know Carmine Street beers plays in the grand scheme of the craft beer scene locally and you know just here in new york in general sure um when we opened in 2013 the crowd that came in here was just really looking to escape the bodegas that were kind of the only place you could buy beer in the west village um actually even before we opened um i think my dad had gone to one of our local bodegas I think he paid like something like 17 bucks for a six pack of Corona. Wow. And he's a very headstrong person. I mean, he bought it and he was just like, this can't be the best way to do this. Right. It can't be a bodega in the village or go to the old um, beer room on Whole Foods on Houston. Right. Uh, those were really your two big options for beer. And, you know, like the Whole Foods is great. It was an awesome spot. Mm -hmm. But you had to uh, jump on the F just to get a beer. Right. Yeah. And so that never really worked out so well for us. So, um, you know, being the kind of guy he is, he just, he was like, you know what? This printing business is not happening anymore. Let's just jump into beer. And we sort of did with, you know, with kind of no experience behind us. Wow. Um, yeah. It was a, a big leap. Huh. It was a big that leap. a big leap. And I, I'd definitely say that 13, 14 is probably the last years you could do that. Because, like, you know, nowadays the general public is so well-versed, or at least better-versed on craft beer than they were back in that time. Right. So, um, true to our opening, we do carry, um, like, a good amount of macro beer to go. Yeah. Um, and the idea behind that is we are definitely lower in price than the bodegas, so we want to grab people in here. Right. But we also want them to be buy it in a place where they're surrounded by craft beer on every side. So it makes the choice a little harder. You I definitely, mean, you definitely are here. Right. Like, yeah. I have, maybe I'd say the macro stuff is like we got maybe 15, 20 brands yeah. out of the 550 craft options that we have. Right. So right. It's 
it's kind of like you have to really come here and you have to really want that in order to walk away with just that. Right. So now that's interesting. How did you guys go from, you mentioned your dad buying six packs of Corona to you guys having 550 craft beer choices here. So how, what was that process like and, and how did that evolve? It was a journey and even to this day, it's still an ever-evolving quest to find like, you know, what do people like and how are their tastes changing? Um, when we first opened, the thought of a $30 bottle of sour would have been like, oh my God, I can't believe we like sold that. But nowadays, it's more like, you know, people are at that point where they're ready to accept like the higher price points on beer and kind of like appreciate the quality a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, that's something I've seen like even on my retail side, like over time, people's tastes have evolved and gotten better. And like, you know, they appreciate higher quality stuff way, way more. That's fair. I, you definitely do see that. I mean, you pay, you know, you, you pay a little more because it's it's higher quality. It's mm -hmm. just better, better beverage, better liquid. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Yeah, that's something we really, really try to like do because um, a lot of a lot of one of the you know one of the big perks of running a bottle shop is um, you never know like kind of where people are like on their craft beer journey. And one thing you definitely don't want to do when they're in a store like this is to kind of turn them away because like, oh, we don't carry that beer, you know, like give them some sort of reason to feel bad about the beer they're drinking. Right. Like, right. Ultimately, a lot of the people who started in craft beer today, myself included, have started in a very low point where we're drinking like Heineken and Bud Light. Right. You know, every now and then it's, I think it's perfectly reasonable to go back to it. Sure. I think a time and a place for every beer is whatever's at the bar. Exactly. Yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you're going to be in a place, and if that's all they got, then of course that's all they got. Yeah, yeah. You got to drink it. You can do. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that being said, yeah, I mean, because of the experience you get, like being in the craft beer world, you eventually start to seek out places with better and better beer over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure you also like steer these customers in the right direction of like oh we don't carry Bud Light or something like that but uh, we do have this brand of beer that is good so I'm right. sure that yeah. that'll still make the customers of course, happy of course I I am I really do believe that after a while of you coming in here and you're buying you know Bud Light Modelo whatever you want after a certain time something along the shelves of the store will catch your eye definitely you'll be like what is that that looks kind of cool either because of branding or packaging or no, maybe it says your hometown on it. Who right. knows? Right. Like the the veins of where people like get their craft beer kind of expert, you know, knowledge from is vast. Like, so that kind of helps a lot. Like, I try to steer people into things that I feel like they'll like. I don't necessarily try to pull them out of macro unless they come to me first. Right. You know? I don't want to like shock their system with something they are not ready for. Them, yeah, so. definitely don't sure. want to do that. Sure. And I think you, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but, but, but how would you describe the philosophy here at Car Art Carmines? Um, well, like I said, it, it's it's still a journey. Um, I think of it as I haven't had every beer in the world, and neither has anybody else who's walked in here. So the beer out of the beer I've had that I sell here, I would like people to walk home with some of the best stuff that I carry. Yeah. Um, based on their own taste, based on things they tell me, what they like, what they had before. I think it's more about education rather than, you know, just straight up we're selling beer or anything like that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, that's completely fair. Mm -hmm. So now what's one of the most 
challenging aspects, let's say, of working of working here? Anything that you find that you know you'd like um, to do differently? Anything that's a little little you know a little challenging? I mean, it's really only as far as challenging as it is like hanging out and drinking beer. I guess one of the big parts of it is that, in a way, that like local breweries are like putting out new beer every week. Oh, yeah. And part of the challenge is not only keeping up, but kind of almost benchmarking them in yeah. the sense that like I don't want to like go off of my previous experience. I will be the first person to tell my customers I haven't had this beer. I've had stuff from that brewery and it was awesome, but yeah. I haven't had that beer. And like that's one of the big challenges is trying enough beer. To like really give my customers like an educated opinion on what it is. And when so many come out every week, it's so hard to get. Exactly, everyone. exactly. I've actually started taking to like doing little splitsies with like some of my regulars. You know, like nice when they're around and they're drinking some beers. I'll be like, hey, like I got this can. We got it into the day. Why don't we split it and try it and you know, yeah, just talk about it. Because cool. In my estimation, their opinion is just as valid as mine. Like as for all the beer I've had. They're the ones buying it at the end of the day, right? Sure. So it's like, I, I got to know where it's all coming from. Absolutely. Way. And uh, so on the flip side, what's what's the most rewarding aspect of, uh, I mean, I think I know the answer. I mean, there's 550 reasons why. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely up there. I mean, trying out, getting the ability to sample some of the best beers available to the New York market is absolutely a privilege. Um but even beyond that, just having having a person come back in and be like, hey, you know that IPA you recommended to me last week was outstanding. It was one of the best beers I've had. And, like, that feeling is, like, really great. Or, you know, like, just seeing positive reviews on, like, you know, Yelp, Beer Advocate, Beer, wherever it is, and just seeing my name mentioned. Like, that is awesome. It, it makes, like, the long hours and, like, kind of, like, the tediousness of working a beer plays like really really worthwhile it's very very like personally rewarding i feel I that's a good feeling yeah right on and so speaking of the hours so what are your hours of operation here uh so the store is open every day from 11 30 to 10 uh except for sunday which is noon to eight okay um i'm pretty much here monday through saturday uh so yeah you got a complete here complete all schedule. the time yeah nice. almost Right on, right on. And um, do you, you guys host events here as well? We do. I uh, I don't have like a whole lot of room in here, so I try to keep my events to things where I feel like people will be really, really into whatever it is they're coming to. It's got to be something creative or like, you know, like maybe uh, I have a habit of, my, my dad would say a bad habit of cellaring and saving beers over long periods of time. So every time I find like have like a set of something, I try to throw it on tap and do a cool little event because it would be kind of hard to find those beers in tandem anywhere else. Right. Yeah. It's a good so, idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun to see people come down. And like I said, like the purpose is education. So one of the events I did last year, uh, toward the oh, actually to the tail to the beginning of this year, was a uh, like uh, a barrel con- uh, tasting where I did. Ballast Points, High West Victory at Sea, on tap, and I comp- and I had the two other beers on were Lagunitas High West and Willet Lagunitas. So it was one of those really cool events where you got to really learn what barrels do to beer and what base stouts do to beers, because you had two beers with the same barrel and two beers with the same base. And it was it was a lot of fun to like just kind of watch people go like, oh yeah, see where they were going with this one or that one. 
That's really cool. Yeah. So now, so what? What are the type? What are the breweries or, or what are the styles that's really kind of getting you excited these days? Um, for me, I think lately the weather's turned. It's a lot nicer in yeah. New York. Um, I've been on a very, very long saison kick since I had like <laughs> I had like two Jester King bottles in a row, like back to back, nice. one night and. It just put me on this kick, and now I'm drinking all sorts of saisons. Can I go wrong with a well-made saison? No, yeah, it's. Uh, I find it's very, very pleasing to drink a saison on like a like a spring day, almost. You know, like a little nice warm breeze in the air, and like like a saison just fits. It's not too heavy. It's not too light. Yeah, it gives you a good amount of body and flavor. It really works. Absolutely. And and now with with the temperatures getting a little warmer, a little hotter, I'm sure, you know. I think you're going to get a lot of people drinking those sours. Sours are uh, they're refreshing on a hot day. That they is are. definitely true. Yeah, uh, We've actually seen a lot more people jumping towards Goza's, Berliner Weisses. You know, some really light, low ABV sours, mm-hmm. but like really, really good tartness, sometimes with like fruit in it. Like all sorts of interesting beer like that. Um, been seeing do a little better because, I mean, yeah, sours just fit hot weather. They're like really well. Yeah, <laughs> just like lemonade, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now, what's what's something the audience may not know about Carmines, but they should know? Um, hmm, that's a really good question. I know we kind of got popular on our loose beers, but we really do do a bunch of six packs and four packs uh, that are competitively priced. Um, we do have different pricing structures, and that's kind of led to some sort of I've seen some bad reviews on us just for that. Um, but we always charge more for Lucy's than four packs or six packs. Right. Um, and we do offer a discount for mixed six packs and things like that. But like, I feel like a lot of people just take it when they ask for like, a price and they go, you know, like, oh, that's a lot for a single can. Like, imagine six. And I don't know. That's just something I want to put out there. Just, sure. Because it's been like a normal day-to-day kind of like thing for me in the last, I don't know. Uh, when did we do that? Maybe like two, three years. Okay. Yeah. So now you guys do. So you, so you you'll sell Lucy cans, and then you'll sell, and, and then can people have the option to mix and match? Yeah. Um, so we, which we, is rare. I mean, for at least oh, my yeah. experience in New York. Yeah, that's also a kind of a difficult thing to like really put down because because we have like five hundred. Um, everything gets essentially two prices, so it could cause a lot of like hell on a consumer side but right. yeah but on um on our side i don't think i would ever change that i mean just walking into a store and having the power to like go okay i want this one out of the 550 is huge like right i don't know because a lot of places i've seen do something like uh you can mix anything on the shelf and you get a steal on it or whatever it's a fixed price but beer it like in like throughout all my experience has never been like try it because it's this price I, that's not the kind of thing I want to do right I want people to try the high end and I want people to try the low end and I want to try everything in between right uh, and in order to do that we have to lay out the store the way we do it's otherwise it'd be impossible right, right. so not these days, what do you see? I know, you know, we talk about certain styles that are really popular, yeah. but typically amongst your, your customers, what would you say the styles, uh, you know, the most often uh, uh, go-to styles, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, by a large margin, it's probably IPAs. Okay. Um, yeah. 
it's probably local rotational IPAs that do the best, no matter what. It's um, it's kind of a tough category to beat because um, you know I don't think in the last like five years that we've been open, like it's there's never been a better time to drink beer because you can try the IPA that you get from me, and you know we're we're off in a corner of like probably like super west of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of those things where you've never been able to kind of go grab grab the can on my shelf and then go back to like Brooklyn Queens and be like oh this is great I'm gonna go visit that brewery there like and it's there it's in the five boroughs you can grab your you can grab a subway and get there right and that's been rare that's it's probably the first time in New York City a long time it's been able that you've been able to do that yeah I mean I think the access is better than it's ever been yeah and uh, it's trendier too actually like i feel like people are more okay with spending time at a brewery than they ever were like especially new york like before it used to be like we got to go spend our time at like the trendiest coolest bar and now it's like the brewery is just as good yeah 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 and i think people go to the you know the different experiences too and i think some of the breweries we've talked about this in our shows in the past you know they're they're trying to you know they have other earlier hours they're trying you know they're being you know they're pet friendly they're family friendly and they're kind of you know makes it a whole kind of event you know you could spend right, you could right. spend a good chunk of a day there you know? yeah a lot of breweries actually allow you to rent them out too which is even like it's even better like you can host really really big life events at breweries now. yeah i mean they got all this space they might as well do something yeah with it. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah if i'm not mistaken five boroughs they uh when we did a show they were actually on our, they appeared on our show last week at the uh the event at the well but um when when we did a show at their location i think they even mentioned they had a wedding reception there so huh, really yeah wow. yeah if i'm not mistaken i hope i'm not misquoting it I, I think you're right i mean they got a huge space I, I think it is cool i think you you are seeing breweries just becoming more of just people part of people's lives really yeah yeah that's a good thing that's a really good thing so now you know what's in store for the future of carmines uh well that we're not really sure of we're just still getting our legs together on after converting from the bar to this yeah uh, and from retail to the bar um yeah i don't know that's really more or less up to the future of the year i think it's tied i mean if you told me like a few years ago you know you're you're gonna just be selling and pushing like IPA cans in 16 ounce format I've been like who's buying them yeah. <laughs> right it's like turns out everybody now. yeah it's incredibly difficult to predict like how beer is going to change and evolve like over the next few years I mean I've seen like one of the big ones that I've seen is uh, Transmitter yeah uh, moving into cans and having can conditioned cans is amazing it's like I would have never thought that anyone would have even attempted to do so, right? Because of like level of difficulty that it takes to put live yeast in cans and not have it explode. <laughs> right, right, right. That's phenomenal. Like a couple years ago, I don't even think anyone would have even bothered to attempt doing that. But just because of cans being the more volume level thing. People are moving towards it, and by default, like we have to also join them. There you go. Well, where there's a will, there's a way, right? I mean, the, oh yeah. There's demand, and they had to do it, and it, it is pretty fascinating that they yeah, did it. There's, and there's they make great beers. Yeah. Oh, transmitters beers are awesome. Yeah. yeah. So now, I guess I gotta ask, going back to the IPA and and or double IPA, what what's um some of your favorite that you've been that you've been drinking on as of late? Yeah. Um, actually, I just had a really great IPA from Innerborough. 
uh, made with Arcane's hop oil. It's called Intoxicated Demons. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one... That one's pretty amazing. The, the <laughs> uh, fight shout on out. the finish is unreal. Shout out to Innerborough. Love, love what those guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. they're great. They're really great. And now, um, if people want to go, if people want to find out more about Carmines or your selection of what you got going on, what's what's the best way to do that? Um, if you're looking for us on for a tap list, it's always on Untapped and it's live. So if you see it on Untapped, we are pouring it at that moment. Um, the best way to find out about our retail stuff. Um, we used to use beer menus, but like having a list of 550 beers didn't really do anything for anyone. Right. So uh, we've done Instagram like can releases yeah. that are also put on Facebook and Twitter. I think those are probably the best way to find out what's new and exciting in our stock and on tap for what's on tap. And what's what are you? What's your uh, your handles on those? What's your username? Uh, just at Carmine Street Beers on all. On all. Nice. Yep. Very very nice. Um, so now, you know, we, we touched on a few things, but is there anything that we, we, we didn't get to that, that we should be talking about about Carmines and what you guys are doing here? Um, not a whole lot, actually. Um, I think we keep a pretty friendly, open atmosphere here. So a lot of our regulars, um, you know, if, you got, if anyone has any questions or, you know, things, concerns, like I'm almost always at this store. So uh, just seek out Shane and I can make... You know, any of those answers happen. There you go. You heard it here. Yeah. Seek out Shane. He can make it happen. Nice. Uh, love, <laughs> love to hear that. Uh, Mike, you have any, any, any parting questions or comments for our guests? No, I just, I really like what you're doing here. I really like the, uh, like how you said, you know, once you enter, you really get hit with a bunch of beer. And that is a huge fact. There's nothing but beer behind me. Um, and it's great. I think that's a great way to keep a, a bottle room in a tap room. Great. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, you know, thanks so much for hosting uh, Beard Today, Beer Tomorrow. I really appreciate it. And definitely. for you guys listening, come down to Carmine Shop, man. Got a lot of choices. You can definitely find something that you will enjoy here. Probably a lot more than 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 just one thing. But uh, right, choices all over the walls. So, good stuff. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.